Hey, lovely to be here with you this morning. If you're visiting today, big welcome to you. So great to have you here for our second service today. Um, this week we um, we met as a leadership team. We had a prayer and worship night, and we just kind of said, "Hey, God, what are you saying?" And um, we uh, we believe that God speaks to us in pictures. And um, so this week uh, we had a bit of time actually that we just left in the in that time for God to actually just say, "Hey, what are you what are you saying to us as a church?" And um, then we had an opportunity to share those. And then I got a text later uh, that evening after we'd gone home, and and someone said, "I totally chickened out on sharing after worship." <laughs> and um, the text. Said, I got this overwhelming smell of birthday candles while we're in worship. And uh, that God said three things in this, and that the family has come together, which is number one, which is awesome because it kind of feels like we're separating a little bit with our multi-service kind of thing, but it's a time where our family's coming together, and we're taking a hold of this together. Like, we believe together that God is saying, this is how we, He wants us to, uh, to grow, by taking a step of faith and doing multi-services. The second thing was, it's a time of celebration for us. This is like a new beginning for us as well. It's kind of like smash the bottle over the boat and here we go. So this is a time of celebration as well. And the third thing was that this is Thrive's coming of age. And so it's kind of like, man, we've turned 21 and we're like, we're like real adults now. So <laughs> this is cool for us. This season that we're going to, we really feel um, so blessed uh, to be doing this with you guys as a church. We've got an amazing leadership team and and we're all on the same page and all excited about what God's going to do in our lives as we um, open our hearts up uh, to Him. So this morning, I'm going to be sharing for the second time uh, a message um, that is built on last week, uh, last week's message. And last week, I talked about being captivated by love, how God's love is so for us. He is amazing. It, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He didn't just love the world. He so loved the world. He loves us, guys. And he doesn't just love us as one kind of like big clump of people. He loves us as individuals. And so today I'm just going to be talking about how do we respond um, to His amazing love? How do we respond in life? Because if He loves us and, he, and His Word says He's got plans to prosper us, then that releases hope. It's plans to give us a hope and a future. So this morning my message is just called uh, Captivated by Hope. And I'm going to be talking about Abraham. You know, Father Abraham lived about... 4,000 years ago, and he became known as Father Abraham. Do we know who we're talking about here? Father, yeah, there were songs sung about it. He had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. That's it. Man, Abraham, I can imagine he had a desire to become a dad. He, He was married to Sarah, and he did a lot of life before he actually came a dad. It wasn't till he was 75 years old that God actually said to him, Hey, Abraham, I've got an amazing plan for your life. And I want to make you, you, a 75-year-old man, into a great nation. I want to bless you. And then a few more years went past and there's no babies and, and Abraham's like, what the, um, I'm getting on, all right. Okay, so God, you've put this hope in my life and this dream in my heart, but I, I just can't see what's happening here. And then, and then another, years go by and God says to him again, and you know the story, he says, hey, Abraham, he took him outside and he said, like the stars and like the sand on the shore, your, your descendants are going to be as numerous as this. You're going to have lots of great, 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 
great-great-great-great-grandchildren, right? I've got an amazing plan for your life. And then it wasn't, and then years goes past, and then it's not until Abraham is 100 years old, right? Okay, so this is incredible. He's 100 years old, and he becomes a first-time dad. He, he changes his first diaper. Yeah, back in the day, probably, actually, he wouldn't have. He would have probably got Sarah to do that. But, you know, this is modern living now. I'm right, right amongst it. Uh, so, man, it's an incredible story of one man believing God for the breakthrough. One man believing in hope. And I just want to pick up in Romans 4. This is written by Paul about Abraham. And this is one of my most favorite um, chapters in the Bible here. And and today I, I really... Um, I'm believing that you're going to capture something new and hope in your life. That you're not going to feel like you're just wandering through life, going through the motions existing, but that God has got a plan to prosper you and to give you a hope. And so that's what we're talking about today, because it says here in verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, 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 yeah, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory. Everyone say, Glory! Oh, yeah, he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. Being fully persuaded, he was convinced. He was convinced. He was fully persuaded as a 99-year-old still. He was fully persuaded that he was going to be a first-time dad again, although he had an illegitimate son, but he was going to get it right this time. All right, he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. See, Abraham remained captivated by hope. Through this journey that he went through in life of discouragement, watching other people have children and babies, and he's got like, he's probably the only guy that's carrying this absolute reamer word from God saying that you're gonna, you know, a great nation's gonna come from you. And he's five, 95 years old and nothing's happening. He's like, when is it my turn? But he was fully persuaded because he was captivated by hope. He was carrying a promise from God, and we are called to be people who carry promise. Uh, about three, uh, six weeks ago, I was out uh, mountain biking doing, I try and go for a decent ride uh, once a week and I was up the back of sort of Lowburn Ashley area and I was, uh, I'd been up a hill and I was coming down at some kind of crazy speed on a shingle road and I was just, it's a fun time, you know, I love climbing up. I just like love the challenge of actually cycling up a hill. I actually find that might more of a buzz than coming down. I don't know why, but I just do. And just the challenge. And then I was just coming down and um, the road, I needed to turn kind of at a bit of a right angle. So I just, you know, I braked a bit and then just leaned into the corner, expecting that I was just going to go around the corner and it didn't happen. I just, the wheels went out from under me and I just ended up hitting the, hitting the ground hard. You know, I was just like, whoa, th- I'm, 
I'm crashing right now. <laughs> it was like, this is a weird sensation. And I just, I hit the ground hard and I got up again and I just kind of dusted myself off and it was like fuel, I'm not, nothing's broken. And um, I got up with some bit of a bit of gravel rash though. And um, the thing is, is that I, at, right at the moment when I needed my tires, my wheels to work for me, my, my tread to grip into this corner, the, they let me down. And uh, the, the following week I went up uh, cycling with a friend of mine and he looked at my back tire and he's like, why are you biking with that? There's no tread on that tyre. And I was like, yeah, good call. See these, <laughs> see these scars? <laughs> that proves it, right? See, my, my, t- my wheels and my tyres were doing quite well. They would go well on, on the uphill. They were going well even on a bit of downhill. But as soon as I expected a little bit more from them, as soon as I needed to make a change and go in a different direction, as soon as I hit some gravel, you know, that's when they failed. And that was when I needed them to work for me. And the problem was, was that I had very little tread. Do you know, in life, hopefully... A large part of our life, we want to be cruising. Like, it's nice to be enjoying the journey, isn't it? It's nice to, to be able to just go over some undulating hills and you know where you're going and you feel like God's favour on your life. But at times in life, we're going to change directions. We're going to hit some gravel. And at those times, we want to know that we've got tread on our, t- our tyres so that we can grip in and handle the change of, tr- uh, of direction, all right? Like, God wants us to be strong and courageous. He wants to be strong on the inside. He wants us to know with a certainty that, you know, what to do, how to respond when life throws a curveball at us. Because we're not going to get out of this life alive. That is a sure thing. Every one of us is going to face loss uh, uh, as we get older, probably, whether it be like a loss of eyesight um, or maybe just, uh, you know, you turn 40 and you've got a loss of youthfulness around you and you're like, what the heck? I'm not talking about me, other people. Yeah, I just want to encourage you, Debbie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, awkward. You know, I'm not believing and confessing this as something I, I want over my life. I'm believing from glory to glory. I'm like, come on, I want to go. I want, we're believing for improvement. But reality says as well that we are temporal beings as well, and we will face loss in our life. And that is a change of direction. That is when we need to cope. We need to know how we're going to cope through this change. This, is, this hurts. What is available within myself to cope with this change of direction? The other thing that brings change in our life is the fact that God is shaping us. When we've given him permission in our life, he's actually shaping our life. It says here that he disciplines those he loves. He disciplines. He actually loves you, and then he wants to prune you. He wants to love you by pruning you, by cutting off a limb that is bearing fruit. That's what the Bible says. It's like, you're growing so well. Let me just take this off, because I want you to grow bigger. I want to do something in you. You know, God is, and in those times, we want to know what is, what's within me? How can I respond to this painful circumstance in hope and not, and not find myself in despair? The thing about tread on tires is that it bites into the earth's surface. You know, 
when you look at a, a, a mountain bike wheel, you see all the little the nodules all the way around, and you're like, well, one nodule on itself is just like, well, that's kind of, it's not going to do a lot. But collectively, they're actually like teeth on the road. They actually bite in and bring a certainty and a stability to the mountain bike so that when you go around the corner, you're not going to lose traction. And so truth, God's truth, is like tread in our lives. It's like when we, when we believe what he says about us, it's like, tread goes onto our life. Like a little, little nodule gets added onto your tire. His grace over your life, it's like another nodule, right? It's like something on that tire that is going to bite in and give you traction. You know, his presence and his friendship is like tread. When we know that we are loved and he wants to just be available with us, you know, it says in Psalm 25 that we can hope all day long, all day, David said, I live in hope all day, not just in the morning, not just at night, but all day I live in hope. His friendship is like tread. His presence is like tread. His word, the Bible, is the truth, and it is like tread. If we don't have this in our heart, we're not going to get a grip. And God wants us to get a grip on our lives. He wants to get a grip on reality from His perspective. It says in verse 18 that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed without weakening in his faith. See, everything was saying to Abraham, it's not going to happen, for goodness sake. Get a reality check, man. Come on, look at you. You are decrepit. You are old. You are not a youthful man. You know, it's just like, look at all these other people that have got kids. You're failing. But Abraham had got tread on his life. And against hope, in hope, because he wasn't just hoping and looking at his circumstances. He was grounded and rooted in something deeper in God. He, in his, his hope endured for another 25 years after the promise that God gave him. As, as his body got older and older, it is enduring hope. So today I just want to share three keys on remaining captivated by hope. And I hope that these put tread on your tires so that as you go through the challenges in life, you've got something that you can get a grip on, get a grip in, and keep going because God has got plans of goodness for our lives. So number one, hope, if you're taking notes, hope is to be fought for. Hope is not just a passive thing. It's not just a, oh yeah, I might have hope today, I might not have hope today. We'll see what comes my way, and if I wake up in a good mood, then maybe I'm going to have hope today. No, hope is something that we need to actually reach out and stretch for and take a hold of. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 and 5, in the Phillips translation, it says this, our battle is to bring down every deceptive fantasy and every imposing defense that men erect against the true knowledge of God. We fight to capture every thought until it acknowledges the authority of Christ. See, Christ actually wants us to take captive those things that disagree with what he disagrees with. Christ says, you know, this prison doesn't belong for you. You're living behind a lie. Just come and take a captive of that lie and take it down so that you can live in hope and you can gain the perspective that I have for your circumstances. He actually wants to liberate us from despair inside of our head. 
through taking down thoughts and imaginations. You know, when we imagine ourselves dying, when we imagine ourselves in hopeless situations, when we imagine our business failing, you know, this is a seed ground for where God is actually doing business in our lives. So when we're despairing about life, God's like, no, actually you, you, you're living lower than what I've called you to. I've called you to come up. So we literally actually have to measure what we're thinking against what God is saying. Come on. So let's be liberated. We were never created to be captive to others you know, or their opinions of us. You know, it's so easy to compare ourselves in this humanistic culture, isn't it? When, when the value system is all about, you know, uh, accumulation and achievement. You know, we're like, we're just hard out accumulating. We're hard out achieving because we're hard out trying to find our significance in this society. And we end up measuring ourselves with others and coming up short every time. You know, God is calling you to be the best you. And it does nothing to do with the person sitting next to you. You know, their opinion of you is absolutely no business of yours. God is calling you just to be successful in who you are, irrespective of what people think of you. Well, it's way better than last time. <laughs> you don't have to worry about what other people think about your life. Come on. Get over them. Get over them. That's right. Enjoy who you are. Bless who you are. Love who you are. Celebrate who you are in Christ. Um, in Psalm 73, verse um, 1 to 4, it says this, How good God is to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I came so close to the edge of the cliff. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I was envious of the prosperity of the proud and the wicked. Yes, all through their life, uh, their road is smooth. See, here we've got the psalmist, and he has taken his eyes off how good God is in his life. And he's put his vision onto what someone else is doing. And, and this person, like God, is like, I'm not actually with that someone else. And you're looking at them, and you're comparing yourself with them. Stop it. And the fact that he was comparing himself and looking at that other, other person, it, it says that he got so close to the edge of the cliff when he was doing it. I was slipping and I was falling away because my vision was not on Christ. My vision was not who I was in Christ. My vision was outside of who God has called me to be. See, God is calling us to be people who just belong to Him and are centered in Him, and who get affirmation from Him, not from what other people think about us. Proverbs 29, 25, it says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You know, we just, I just break fear of man. You know, we don't want to live under that stuff. I know I'm camping around this a wee bit, but it's so prevalent in our culture. When you look on uh, Facebook and the hyper-reality of that is, that is no one's actual true reality. That's just the best moments of people's lives. And we go, man, we compare ourselves and go, look at all the likes they got. And I got no likes. I'm lame. It's like, no, actually, don't measure yourself on Facebook. Come on, young people. I'm not saying Facebook's bad, but don't compare yourself to others. You're born for greater things than Facebook. 
Don't be captivated by insecurity. Your strength and your dignity does not belong in the hands of others. The second thing is in regards to staying captivated by the hope that God's put on us is that hope that the Father has for us is connected to the assignment that he has for us. It's connected to the identity he's put in us. See, the hope that he wants to have for our lives is not irrelevant to who you are or to, to the grace mix on your life. He wants to actually couple divine hope with who you are and just watch the result happen. Be connected with the hope that he has for us. In Ephesians 1, Paul is like praying hard out for, these, for this group of people in Ephesus. And he's like, man, these guys just need to see something bigger. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us to believe. See, he just wanted to see, he wanted them to see who they were in him. He wanted them to get a picture so that they could actually aim for something. And he used this word enlightened here, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And it's the word in Greek, photozo, from which we get the word photo from. And that word, it means to shed light rays. It means to brighten up and to give life. You know, when we take a photo, we capture an image. We capture a moment. We, 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 and, we, and we store it on our phone. And then we might, you know, put a filter on it and Instagram it. And we, and we, and we might you know, be hooked up to Facebook and then we'll see how many likes we get again. And, and we'll be like, that photo took a moment and it's there in my, in my files now. And I can, I can go back and I can look at that any time. It was an amazing shot, you know. And it's the same way that God actually wants to put that kind of image in the side of us, where, he, where there's a photo, there's, a, there's something we capture of what He's saying to our lives that actually calls us on, that actually says, this is where you're going. This hope right here, this baby I have for you, this nation I see flowing through your life, look at that when there's nothing, when you've got just sand and stars and everyone else is having babies and you've got nothing. Look at that image in your heart. Look at that space in your spirit where I've called you and chosen you to become a great nation. See, you know, hope and faith, they actually create a separation from this world. Hope and faith pulls us out of this world. It pulls us out of the physical. It pulls us and draws us to actually be focused on where God's calling us to go. It pulls us out of our current circumstances and it hurts to do that. But God has says that we are people of not of this world. We are not of this world. And he says, come on, start living as though you're from my perspective, from heaven's reality. The third thing uh, that a legacy of the hope legacy that God wants us to uh, leave in our life is that hope leaves a legacy for others to follow in. You know, our hope, our hope, what God puts in our life is not just for us to have for ourselves, but the hope that God puts in our hearts is for our children. It's for future generations. It, it, it's to bless others. It's because we're a part of a family. It's not just our small, like God's building something in your kingdom. It's like, no, he's building something in us in his kingdom. But Abraham and Sarah, you know, they must have felt kind of at 
awkward at, at the age of 95 when they were called to become parents of a great nation with no child to show for it. And Abraham only saw one child at the end of the day. He saw Isaac, this one boy. He, he, God promised him a great nation and promised him like, you know, sand and stars. And maybe he was going to be prime minister or president of this great nation. Yet all Abraham saw was one, one boy. But, you know, we've got an incredible call to be a father and a mother. As Abraham was called to be a father, he would have desired to be a father of his life. And, and, and God's saying to us, man, let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that he has caught, like what you do as a parent, what you do as a leader at youth or at in church, when you're looking after the one is so significant. It's so special. If that one, you don't know what that one conversation, that one relationship, that one child that you're investing in could do and impact. Uh, I was listening to a T.D. Jakes message this week, and he said uh, something that was just awesome. He said, you know, it's not about what you leave to your children. It's what you leave in your children, because they will run to whatever you give them. And if you're just giving them stuff, then when you're gone, they're just going to run to stuff. But if you're putting things into their heart, truth into their lives, they've got something deeper and greater and more significant to draw from. And I thought, T.D. Jakes, I love you. You're incredible. In Hebrews 11, who loves Hebrews 11? It's like the hall of fame of faith, isn't it? It's like they go through, you know, Moses and Abraham and Jacob and everyone's like the accolades of heaven. Everyone's like, yeah, look what they did because they had faith. You know, they cried, went through the Red Sea and, and they took the, the slaves out of Egypt. And it's like, come on, look at this incredible faith they had. And then in the last part of Hebrews 11, it goes into this. It says, look, there's another side to this faith. There were people that were, would, would hide in caves from people enemies. There were people that were sawn in two. There were people that died on the cross. There were people who died not seeing everything that God had, you know, put in their hearts. They were carrying a hope. They were carrying a faith. They'd seen it. And then it says in closing of Hebrews 11.39 that these people, these people that didn't see it, they were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. It's a strange verse. Yet in that we see that we get to inherit the faith that they walked in, the hope that they walked in. You know, I may not see everything that I'm believing and dreaming for God to see in my life. But I'm having this revelation that it's just not about me. It's not about me. It's about my children. It's about you guys. It's about passing on this, this what, what I'm holding in my heart so that others can run with this dream, that others can run with this vision. And I want to see stuff. You know, that's cool stuff. I want to see cool stuff happen. But reality is, is that we're not going to see everything. But that is not wasted. Your hope and your faith is totally not wasted. Um, we had an amazing woman in our church uh, called Rachel Williams, and she, she um, fought cancer incredibly bravely. And she, um, she stood firm in her faith. She believed that God had given her a promise that God had healed her. 
And she stood, like she had, the, and through this, she had this incredible revelation of the Father's love. Like she was, you get around to her and you just sense faith. You would feel the love and you would see the adoration she had for God and, and the love of God flowing through her life. She was believing for her healing and totally trusting in the goodness and the favor of God right to the end, and she didn't see the miracle happen. But she was victorious. She was still victorious. We still look back and think about Rachel and go, man, that lady was victorious. She was incredible. And after she died uh, the following Sunday, Chris, Chris preached this uh, amazing message. And he, and he, he kind of walked down here and he grabbed a, an invisible stake and he, you know, he kind of like planted and he said, this is a stake in the ground. We are a church that believes in signs, wonders, miracles, and that God has defeated cancer. And we're not going back. We're going to stay in this. God is a God who heals. And over, the, over this last week or so, we've just, Deb and I have just felt a real stirring again to reaffirm the stake. In Hebrews 11, 37, uh, no, Hebrews 10, 39, it says that we're not like those who shrink back and are destroyed we are like those who believe and are saved. And I want to invite you to be those people, to be ones who carry hope, to be ones who believe, the ones who do not shrink back, the ones who go after hope and the call that God has on your family, on your marriage, on your children, on the dreams that God has placed in your heart. I just want to invite Debbie up and she's just going to close things we just stand together guys yeah like Glenn just talked about we just really felt this week that we need to reaffirm that stake in the ground um, that was established back those many years ago that stake in the ground that we are a church who goes after healing who believes the word of God that everyone that came to him was healed you know we're not going to shrink back from that so today we just want to um, do that as a church together this morning and also um, yeah just I want to pray for you guys in a minute too, for anybody that um, is really struggling in the area of hope as well. You know, this um, verse, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And maybe you've been through things where you haven't seen the answers that you wanted to see. And it hurts, and it's hard, and we don't understand, and we're not always going to understand this side of heaven. But just in a moment, we just want to release fresh hope over you today. And then just as a church... Um, we will maybe take a step forward together um, as we're reaffirming the stake in the ground. If you if you really feel that that's something that you can go, yes, I agree with, and then let's together take that step forward and say, yeah, that's what we're about. We're going after healing. Let's just pray. Thank you, God. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, for the promise of your word. And for the truth that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your promises and your word never changes. It's unfailing, it's unshakable. And God, today, I just ask you just to infuse hope over your people today. God, where things have happened, where circumstances and life has been hard and has thrown horrible stuff at, at people, Jesus. 
God, I ask for your hope to just come around them, your comfort and your love just to wash over them again today. God, I just ask for an infusion of hope just through every part of our being, an infusion of your love today. God, we'd hope deferred has made the heart sick. I thank you for joy being realised again. God, just minister. Minister. And just today as a church, God, we just take that step forward and we just say yes to that stake in the ground that was put in the ground those years ago, that we are a church who believes in healing. We are a church who believes in your promises and believes that your word is true. And we just declare that we are a church that does not believe in cancer, once again. We're a church, we just, as a community, I guess, yeah. We just agree for a cancer-free zone in our region, in Jesus' name. We agree for a zone of well-being in this community of health in every way, in minds and emotions and spirits and in bodies. We will not shrink back. We will believe and we agree for salvation for this community. Just right now, if you've got any need for healing in your body, just quickly step into the aisle. We just want to pray for you. Anybody, anything, big, small, let's just respond to God. Anybody need any healing today? Everybody's well? No? Okay, here we go. Just come on out, guys. Can we just have people just gathering around those who are responding? Let's just stand with them. Just going to pray together and just invite you just to um, pray on these people and then just to really bless them in a moment too. Thank you, God. We just thank you, God, for for your word that says that all that came to you were healed. And we just thank you for that today, right now. We just declare healing over bodies, over minds and over emotions right now in Jesus' name. Every cell being in order, every muscle and tendon and ligament being healthy. All symptoms of sickness and pain destroyed in Jesus' name because of the finished work that you did at the cross. We thank you for health and well-being invading every person. We thank you for diseases destroyed, for sicknesses destroyed, for every bug, every virus, every bacteria and fungus that shouldn't be there. We just declare that stuff destroyed. We just declare that everything must submit to the name of Jesus Christ this morning. And we thank you for healing. We just declare healing over these people in Jesus' name. Full, complete healing.